This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, the knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is Bunny Michael. You're listening to episode 102. I am so happy to be here with you and I hope that you've had a fantastic week and even if you didn't, I hope that you are nice to yourself despite whatever it is that's on your plate. We're all dealt different cards at different times in our lives so we cannot expect things to always go our way, obviously. This life is a roller coaster up and down and if there's one thing I hope this podcast does is remind you that Despite the roller coaster of life, despite the chaos of the world, despite our relationship ups and downs and our career ups and downs, what sustains us is our higher self, the knowledge that we are whole now, we always have been, and we are deserving of love, care, and abundance at all times. And we can give ourselves that love. We can give ourselves that acceptance. And it's such an empowering place to be even when things are hard. Life's hard. So why are we hard on ourselves on top of it, right? Like that's what we're here to do. We're here to stop being hard on ourselves. And we're here to listen to the voice of love that is inside us to help direct our path so that we're following the guidance of love. And that's not always an easy thing to do, especially in this world when we're bombarded with all of this messaging all of the time that we're not enough, when we come from generations upon generations of hierarchical conditioning, all of that stuff. So we are here to dismantle that and to be loving and compassionate with ourselves through that journey. I'm also sort of on cloud nine right now because I just found out that EXO Higher Self got featured on Apple Podcast, like the featured section, which is a really big deal for a podcast because there really is no advertisement for podcasts, right? And when you find out about new podcasts, you either find out through your friends, somebody sends you something, um, or you find it browsing on the featured podcast on the Apple page. So we got featured in a section called When Everything is Terrible, which makes me happy because it makes me feel like, oh, this is a podcast that you can go to when everything feels terrible and feel a little bit better. So I don't know. I'm really, really happy. Thank you to everybody who has been listening since the beginning. Y'all have kept us going and all of the people sending in questions, honestly, y'all are the podcast. So Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, why don't we go ahead and get started on the questions? Hey, Bunny. Um, thank you so much for all of your great advice and um, just all the work that you put into helping the public obviously connect with their higher self and help with all of our mental health and everything. Um, I just wanted to leave a message. Um, I've been in a relationship with this guy for almost two years in December, and it's definitely been, um, you know, highs and lows of our relationship. You know, uh, recently I've been debating whether I want to end it or not, and it's been tough because we've been together for a while. I've probably traveled, um, and there's so many good things about him, but there's also so many things that I feel like I've been triggered by, had to have uh, protest behaviors. I know I've, like, looked into that, um, but I think I was really codependent in the beginning of the relationship, um, and his lack of communication did not help with that. Um, but I've really worked on myself throughout a relationship, and I think I've, I've healed a lot of my codependency. 
Um, but I feel more at the point where I'm not sure if I should be ending the relationship or not, or kind of like what's good for me going in the future. And yeah, it's definitely been uh, an interesting almost two years with him. Obviously, like I said, a lot has been good. A lot hasn't been good. Uh, you know, equal parts for the both of us, I think. Um, you know, I'm not perfect, and neither is he. But I think, yeah, lack of communication has definitely been an issue in our relationship. And I think that um, that's caused a lot of frustration and I think triggered me a lot, like many, many times with my anxious attachment. Um I've also gone on anxiety medication, which has helped me a lot. Um, but, yeah, I just thought I would kind of get your insight on the situation. It's just been really frustrating. Um, something also, I guess, that triggers me is, like, if my boy said I'm upset about something and, like, send it at, like, 7 p.m. that night, he won't get back to me until, like, 2 p.m. the next day, like, things like that. And I think that it's just, like, continuing to trigger me. Um, so yeah, just wanted to see your advice. Thanks so much again. We all love you. Hi, my love. Well, you know, I can't really tell you what the right thing to do in your relationship is because I'm not you. I don't know what's best for you, but you know what's best for you because your higher self knows what's best for you. And I want to also say that if you're in a state where you're not sure where you're not really sure what your higher self wants you to do, where you're not really sure what is the best option. I just want to emphasize that it's okay to be in a place of the unknown. It's okay to not be sure. Sometimes it takes some time to get clarity on that. And what I do when I don't have clarity is I journal to my higher self or I pray to my higher self. I ask for guidance. I say, higher self, Please show me guidance on this. Show me what love wants me to do here. What is love guiding me to do here? What is the path that is going to bring me closer to my worth, to the realization of my worth? Because that really is the ultimate point. Even in relationships, the reason why we have relationship is to heal, to help each other heal. Because love essentially is the realization of our wholeness. That's what love is. Love is the consciousness in which we are aware that we're whole and we can see and feel that beauty within and we can see and feel that beauty in another person where we fully accept them for who they are and where they are in that moment. And so from that perspective of love, from the realization that you are whole and your partner is whole. That's the perspective with which we make these difficult decisions. This isn't about you being too good for your partner, them being too good for you. It really is about where you both are in the journey of your own self-realization. And if those two journeys are supportive of one another, we all come from different paths. We all have different trauma. We all have different wounds. We all have different conditioning. We all have different examples of love. And so our needs are not going to match up all of the time. I mean, it's kind of wild even when they do match up. It's kind of amazing because we are so different. I shared a meme the other day that was something like, when I can't figure out my partner's needs because we have different trauma and our sensitivities aren't lining up. The important thing is that even when things don't line up or even when you're coming from two totally different experiences, say for example, you feeling upset that your partner didn't text you back right away when you said you were upset and waited till two o'clock the next day to do that, like that makes you feel Bad. That makes you feel abandoned. That makes you feel hurt. I'm also curious though, what is it in your partner that is keeping them from texting you right away? What's going on with them? What's triggering them when you're upset with them that they feel like they need to have that distance? Are they communicating to you what's going on inside of them? How they're feeling? 
because it can't just be one way. It can't just be you saying you need clearer communication. I need clearer communication and just waiting for it to happen without there being a holistic understanding of what's going on. Why is it difficult for them to communicate quickly? What does that symbolize to them? What does that mean to them? Are they triggered? Are they feeling attacked? Does it make them feel like you think they're not good enough? There's always a story behind why people do what they do. And until two people who are in a relationship commit to communicating that, or at least trying to build that kind of self-awareness to understand why they do what they do and being willing to be accountable to that while at the same time having compassion for each other and love for each other's wounds and all that kind of stuff, just being sympathetic to each other's needs. It takes a willingness to do that. And you are obviously somebody who is totally on the path of self-awareness, who wants to be compassionate, who is aware of your dependence issues, who's been doing all this inner work. And I don't know because you left a short voicemail. I mean, this is only one (laughs) question from you. I don't really know what's going on with your partner or what your partner has been communicating to you in terms of their needs. So unless the two of you are able to really, really talk from a place of curiosity and openness and non-judgment to really see where each other's hearts are, the issue isn't going to be resolved. And relationships are full of so many different issues. I mean, this is something that we have to get good at in our relationships. We have to get good at being like, okay, why does this make me feel like this right now? Like, what is it? And why is this making my partner feel like the way they feel right now? And how can we make this better for both of us? And I'm telling you, it it can come up with everything, whether it's communicating quickly, whether it's doing the dishes, meeting each other's families. Like there's so many moments where we're different and where we have to love each other through our differences, but it takes accountability and communication. Even if it's communication that says it's hard for me to communicate in these moments. So I would really encourage you to try to have that conversation with your partner if you haven't about wanting to understand them more, wanting to understand why it's difficult for them to meet your needs, why communication is difficult for them and how you can make it easier. And if not, if there isn't a willingness from them to work on it, from them to really accept you for who you are and what your needs are, then it's not going to be able to keep growing and evolving and that's okay. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Some people need different environments in order to grow. We're organic beings. <laughs> we need different kinds of nurturing at different times in our life, especially if we are entering a new phase of awareness where we're like, oh, I need a different environment for this. I need a different kind of care. We change in our relationships all of the time. And if our relationship isn't willing to change along with us, then it becomes a compatibility issue. It's not about judgment. It really is just about compatibility. What do you need to keep growing and keep being on your path of healing? You already have been doing such a great job at your own healing and you're going to keep doing it. So trust yourself. You're going to be okay no matter what. You're going to keep thriving and growing and loving yourself even more deeply and having even more joy. This might be a confusing time, but the clarity will come. Just trust Trust your heart. Sending you so much love.
Hello, EXO Higher Self fam. It's Bunny here. I am so thrilled to announce my debut book, Hello Higher Self, An Outsider's Guide to Loving Yourself in a Tough World is now available for pre-order. This book is the essential manual for unlearning your limiting beliefs that have been ingrained in you by the toxicity of our culture and your trauma and your socialization. We all have to unlearn this stuff so we can channel the power of our higher self. And everyone who pre-orders this book will receive a special free gift from me to be announced shortly. So hurry to the pre-order link in the show notes and get yourself a copy. I cannot wait for you to read it. Hi, Bunny. Um, I don't really know what problem, like what specific question I have because there's so many things, which I guess is the problem right now. I'm just so overwhelmed. Um, I graduated from college not that long ago and um, I'm adjusting to life uh, out of school for the first time in my whole life. I've had to say goodbye to so many people. I'm adjusting to everything. Um, But I have a job I like and um, I'm being contracted out to make a documentary, which is like a dream, you know, it's like a, it's like what I want to do. So I feel really grateful. Um, but I'm just so overwhelmed because at the same time, not too long ago, I went through, I broke up with a partner of mine. Um, we'd been seeing each other for, uh, a little less than a year. Um, and it was, it was long distance and it was, non-monogamous which was a challenge but we went into it knowing that at one point whenever we wouldn't be able to see each other again that you know because like we're just at very different points in our lives that like we were transitioned to being friends and it was very agreed on it felt really secure and I mean we have a really beautiful and tender connection and there's just like a lot of signs like pointing towards our relationship like I don't know I had a psychic tell me that she was my soulmate I had um we have these things for each other where we kind of like symbols of one another where like I kind of symbolized myself as a blue jay and she symbolizes herself as a butterfly and I've only seen like I've been really going through a hard time lately and all I've been seeing around me are blue jays and butterflies and when I get over this fear our relationship just feels really clear and I have a lot of trust in it but not being this is the first time in since I was like 14 years old that I'm really committing myself to to not being in a relationship because I use relationships as a way to sort of fill in this hole that trauma has really dug inside of me of uh, this intense feeling that I'm not I'm not enough it's really deep and I have so much trouble receiving and believing love I mean, I've done a lot of work for a long time, but um, during my this most recent relationship, I all those things just really came to the surface of intimacy and connection and love, and and uh, I really had to let go of a lot of things. So like. I don't know, near the end of our relationship, it just, things just kind of got murky. I was in a place where I just, I've been, didn't want to have sex anymore because I was just scared of myself 
I, I didn't, I felt really bad about myself. I haven't really enjoyed sex in a while. And the first time I did in a long time was with her. And I just let go so much, but then all, all those fears really just came back in our, near the end of our romantic relationship. And I just realized that I really need to be on my own. And so we saw each other this one time and I kind of explained everything to her of just like, I just kind of had fallen out of the relationship. Um, and we set these vague boundaries that were confusing. And, and then we kind of didn't see each other for a, few, a little bit. And then I went and visited her and she lives in Canada. I went and visited her in Canada and I had kind of like, I don't know, she had, we had sort of, there had been more distance and I had, when I, like when she was loving to me, I became distant and I had so much trouble accepting it. And then once I became distant, like once we had, once I kind of like laid out that I needed the distance, she naturally like became more distant and that's when I started freaking out and like really needing her and I've been studying a lot about like attachment theory and stuff but so I went and visited her in Canada and, and it was just all at once of just like I think we just need to be friends like we're not going to see each other for a while and also like I just am not I don't like she just told me that she didn't have those feelings for me anymore and I've just been and recently we talked and I learned too that she violated a boundary of the relationship while we were still in it because we agreed that we would at least tell each other if we were seeing somebody else. I knew she was seeing one person, but she was seeing somebody else during that time too that she never told me about. And it sent me like spiraling the other day, like into this deep panic attack. And I, um, I'm trying to be really empathetic. Like I, whenever we talked, like I told her that I felt hurt and betrayed by that and that it was a violation of a boundary and she apologized, but I, it's still hitting me really, it, like it still hit me really deep and, and I feel like I want more from it, but I'm really trying to let go and be empathetic because there's really nothing else to do about it. And things just became so blurry with our boundaries at the end, but I guess I'm just asking, I'm, I'm, you know, going through a major life transition, personally, a major relationship transition. I'm dealing with all this trauma that's just taking a lot out of me to work on. And I, I have this amazing opportunity to do this documentary um, but I need to finish it by a certain amount of time um, before I don't have a place to live in town anymore. And it's a lot of stuff and I'm just so overwhelmed. And I just feel a lot of fear and uncertainty for the future. I still feel like I'm not enough. I find times where I'm mad at my old partner and then I'm really grateful and then I think everything's gonna work out and then I think that you know she doesn't love me and then I think that I just don't know I'm just so overwhelmed by everything happening all at once and the world and and it's just a lot so I don't know if you could give me some input or guidance on that It'd be really great. I know this was a really long message, but I really appreciate everything you do. I love your work and it's, it's really helped a lot. Um, love you so much. Thank you. Bye. Hi, love. I'm sorry that this time in your life has been so challenging. You're right. You're going through major transition. You're getting out of college, which is hard for anybody to go through. You're ending a relationship that meant a lot to you. You're taking on a new job that is like so important to you and you want to do a good job. There's so much going on. Plus on top of that, it's the world, chaos of the world, headlines, all that kind of thing. And it's okay to be overwhelmed. 
Like, it's okay that this is hard. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. And I think that one of the ways in which we are so hard on ourselves is that underneath all of our struggles, behind all of the things that we're having to deal with is this underlying fear that we're not enough and that our feelings are wrong and that every thought that we have is true and we're just judging ourselves. So not only are we struggling with the pain that we have to go through or the loss, the grief, but at the same time, we're telling ourselves there's something wrong with us for for even being grieving, for even having a hard time, for even being overwhelmed, even though it absolutely makes sense. Being a human being is not avoiding suffering. Being human is in so much of a way suffering. There is no way to avoid loss. There is no way to not feel fear when you're trying to do something new, when you have to be courageous. There has to be fear before the courage moment. There's no way to experience love without at the same time knowing that it's transitory, that inevitably things end. The problem is when we start to judge ourselves as if the things that we're going through are not normal or not okay. Our higher self is always there grounding us in the realization that we've always been enough and having total compassion, patience, understanding for all of the roller coasters of emotions we're going through, for all the different thoughts back and forth. You're sitting here telling me that one moment you know that everything's going to be okay, the next moment it feels like everything's going to be horrible, and what the hell's going on with you? And, and I'm sitting here telling you that nothing's wrong. Like your thoughts are your thoughts back and forth. What happens is when we judge those thoughts, and the reason why we need to connect with our higher selves is because our higher selves let us have some distance between the thoughts we're having and the awareness of our thoughts. And I know that you have a lot of awareness of your thoughts because you're telling me, oh, I'm having these thoughts, I'm having these thoughts. But what I think you're missing is that, oh, I'm judging myself for having these thoughts. I'm judging myself for having these thoughts instead of, I'm having these thoughts and I know they're okay. I know I'm going to get through this. I can do this because I'm strong. I'm enough. I deserve love. I'm lovable. Even on the darkest days, even when things aren't going my way, even when I'm going through a breakup, I'm lovable. And one of the things that is so important in our life here, and I hope that this is something that when people listen to this podcast, they start to really implement because we need a higher self practice every single day. Like we need to connect to our higher selves every single day because life throws us for a loop. So we have to be grounded in our wholeness. We have to remind ourselves of that every single day. And we have to create a practice, whether that's meditating or praying or journaling or affirmations or every day waking up saying I'm enough, like we have to give ourselves that, that type of support. That is the only way we're going to get through this stuff, y'all. Because if it's one thing one day, it's going to be something the next day. If it's one thing this year, it's going to be something the next year. What happens to you is only part of the story. How you judge what happens to you is everything. And you are obviously such a loving, compassionate being. I mean, I can feel that so deeply hearing your voice. You're beautiful. And it is true that you're going through a scary time in your life, but that's also amazing. I mean, in a way, it's just, it is so amazing. Like you get to work on this documentary. You're finally out of school. Like it's scary and it's scary to be out of a relationship. And it's scary to know that you're going to have to learn how to depend on yourself and how to be alone and all that stuff. It can be really scary, but it's also just so beautiful. 
it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to heal. It's so beautiful to get to know yourself. It's so beautiful to give yourself that love that you've been denying yourself that you didn't realize you deserved. Part of us growing up and evolving is reparenting ourselves, is taking responsibility for how much we deserve and saying, I'm gonna give it to myself right now. I'm gonna be compassionate and accepting for whatever is on my plate today. I'm in a bad mood, okay, it's fine to be in a bad mood. I need to cry for an hour, okay, it's okay to cry for an hour. We don't realize the additional stress we put on ourselves for with judging all of our feelings. And then on top of that, we judge ourselves for not being grateful. We're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling sad, especially because I have all of these good things. God, I'm such a jerk. I can't even appreciate my life I'm such a jerk and it's just judgment 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 cycles of judgment cycles of judgment cycles of putting ourselves down cycles of unconscious feelings of lack it's never enough we're never grateful enough we're never happy enough we're never secure enough we're never confident enough and at a certain point we have to say why are we always telling ourselves we're not enough how is this helpful how does this help me at all so what we actually have to do is tell us ourselves we are enough. And it can feel really uncomfortable to do that. It can feel corny. It can feel like a waste of time. But God, it makes such a difference. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said, you are enough. You're so beautiful. You're so great. You're so wonderful. I love you. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said that? Of course, probably not. Because it feels so weird because we're so not used to giving ourselves that kind of love. But we do it to other people. We tell other people how great they are. We say, I love you. You're so wonderful. Why don't we do it for ourselves? We have to. We have to train ourselves to. And so I know you're going to get through this challenging time. And you're going to feel really good. And then something else is going to happen further on down the line, maybe years from now, and you're going to feel sad. And you're going to remember this time and you're going to be like, wait a minute. I always get through it. I learned to be compassionate for my struggle and my sadness. I also learned that when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I need to help myself by not judging myself and giving myself tenderness nourishment, relaxation, positive affirmations. Imagine you were a child. This is how your higher self sees you. Your higher self sees you like a child who is still growing, who is still struggling, who's really hard on themselves. And your higher self is like, babe, it's okay. You're going to be okay. I know, I know this is hard. I know. It's sad, it's confusing, you feel overwhelmed. Take a deep breath. Don't judge yourself so much. Don't be so hard on yourself. Like this is the voice, this is the voice. And we have that instinct within ourselves. We always have. We were born loving ourselves. We were When we were born, we never questioned the care that we deserve. It was only when we were socialized to think that we didn't. So those thoughts aren't really ours. Thoughts of love are really what's natural to us. So I hope that this is helpful. And your ability to love your ex is just a testament to how loving you are. The grief that you feel from losing them is just a testament to how much you care, to how big your heart is. Your fear about doing this documentary is just a testament to how important it is to you and how much you care about that passion of yours. And as somebody who has been so blessed to get a lot of opportunities to do the thing that I love, I never stop feeling terrified. <laughs> I'm always scared. I'm always scared I'm going to mess it up. It's just part of it. It's part of the process. And then you just, you just do it. Just do it anyway. 
You got this. You can do this. All the best. The following question was submitted on our website. Hi, Bunny. Firstly, I love you so much. You have helped me feel more confident and trust myself as someone who struggles a lot with self-assuredness and people-pleasing. I can't thank you enough. My question is about my relationship. I'm in an interracial relationship. He's black and I'm white. He is the most understanding, loving, and caring human I've probably ever met. He's also emotional and sensitive and feels things deeply. In so many ways, we are perfect for each other. He also has experienced a lot of trauma, obviously from experiencing racism as a black man in America, and also from alcohol and addiction issues in his family. We talk a lot about his trauma and he is very aware of his trauma responses and I work hard to make sure he feels safe. That sometimes means changing my behaviors. For example, I have essentially stopped drinking, changed, lost many of my friendships, and stopped listening to certain types of music. He has expressed that drinking, especially in large amounts, is very triggering to him. But it seems like even if I have one drink, he feels triggered, so I basically stopped altogether. Many of my friends are also white, and it is understandably hard to be in predominantly white social situations. So I started hanging out with those friends less and less. In terms of music, certain genres have mostly white listeners and don't feel inclusive to listen or go see live. So I now listen to music that I know won't bring up feelings of isolation and not being safe. These are some bigger examples of ways I find myself changing behavior to make him feel safe, but it comes up in much smaller ways as well. I've learned in this podcast how important it is to respect others' boundaries and make them feel understood, safe, and heard. I work very hard to make sure his boundaries feel respected. I also have learned how important it is to show up as your authentic self, to not suppress or shame parts of who you are. So I guess I'm feeling a little conflicted about how to respect my partner's super valid boundaries and sensitivities, and also how to fully show up as myself and not to feel like I have to morph myself to be acceptable in this relationship. I really hope this makes sense as I'm figuring out how to articulate this as I'm writing this. I would love any perspectives on this or advice on the best ways to move forward in this relationship. Sending so much gratitude. Hi, love. Well, first of all, I want to say you're obviously an amazing partner, so compassionate, caring, and you really want to be there for your person. And I just think that's very inspiring. And I think you should really be proud of yourself and your willingness to look within yourself and your willingness to see from his perspective and and all of that stuff. It's It's really, really great. I think one of the issues here is that Your partner has boundaries, but so do you. And your boundaries need to be addressed as well. For example, when it comes to your friendships that don't have to do with your romantic relationship, when it comes to the art that you enjoy, like the music, those aren't things that you have to experience together. You can have a boundary around those things that he does not take part in those activities because they make him feel unsafe, but they're important to you. So when it comes to boundaries, you really have to think about, okay, what stuff is just for me? What stuff can I keep sacred for myself? Because these things have a different meaning to you than they do to him. And you enjoying having friends and you enjoying music, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing. And you can have that in your life and not necessarily have that shared experience with your partner because it's not an emotionally safe place for your partner to be in, which is okay. I mean, we have headphones, we have personal time, we have personal social time, and that is actually so, so important in a relationship for you to be nurturing your relationships outside of that relationship. Because we get into an issue of like, okay, if you're leaving your relationships with your white friends, does that mean in the future you're only allowed to make friends with non-white people? I mean, what 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 is the boundary here? And so I think that you and your partner can sit down and really, really talk it out and be like, okay, 
I want to respect your boundary here and I want you to respect mine as well. And I don't want to ever make you feel unsafe, but I also know it's really important for us to continue to have healthy relationships outside of the partnership and to continue to be able to express our authenticity. It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Now, as far as alcohol is concerned, like alcohol, it can be such a triggering issue. It can also feel very dangerous for somebody who has been raised in an abusive situation. And I think that it's also really important for you to have a conversation with your partner about, okay, what's really works for him. Like, I totally understand not wanting to have a partner who drinks if you come from that background. But you said you just gave up drinking altogether because you thought it would be easy. It doesn't sound like there was ever really a conversation about, okay, what are we going to do about this? The two of you are partners. And how we move forward in our partnership is that we have to communicate about what the plan is. What is the plan? It could be that when you talk about it, he's cool with you having a drink when you're out with your friends. It could be that he's not cool with it, but that stuff needs to be clear. And then you can make a conscious choice. Clarity is so important. So you're not sitting there being like, should I, should I not? This hurts. This doesn't hurt. What are the expectations? Things need to be clear. We need to know what to expect. So we don't feel like we're sacrificing and resentful of making choices without even necessarily knowing if those are the best choices for your relationship. So the two of you are partners of figuring out how is this going to work for both of us. You both love each other clearly. You both care about each other. But you are also on a healing journey. And part of that healing journey is nourishing your intimacy with yourself, who you are, your relationships, so you can be a good partner. And when things are laid out clearly, then you can really see, hey, is this working for me? As somebody who is in a relationship with a white person and being a non-white person, I totally understand how it can be really, really hard especially to be in spaces with all white people. It is really hard. So I get it. You know, I get that kind of pain. Obviously not the same as a black person, as a non-black person. But I do know what it's like to be so frustrated and to feel isolated and alone in those spaces and to be the only one noticing certain behaviors or something that somebody said and then just like not knowing if you should say something or not. It can be a really difficult place to be in. The other day I was like at a neighbor's house, the neighbor gathering, and I was the only non-white person there. And somebody was talking about another neighbor and saying that, oh, they they don't like Mexican people, but they're, but they're a really good guy. And it was just like, ugh, do I say something? Do I not say something? Is it worth it? Is it not worth it? I didn't say anything because I just didn't feel up to it. But then I went home and I cried to my partner. Like, that was hard, you know? And I hate being in the position to have to decide whether or not to be the party pooper. Like, this stuff is real. Your partner's pain is real and it's amazing that you are validating that and it's so, so important and shows what a deep love you have for each other. But in order to keep that love going, in order to keep growing, you also have to nurture yourself and really understand what you need in, in terms of your nurturing so that you can be the nurturing partner that your partner needs and vice versa. You guys can do this. And when we're in difficult moments in our relationship, this is when we have big breakthroughs. This is when we reach new levels of understanding and love. It is when we get to these hard moments that we really can see each other on a new level 
and love each other, make each other feel safe. Living in this world is not easy. There's so many triggers. There's so much trauma. There's so many wounds. Navigating that stuff with each other takes just a commitment and a realization that both of you are on that healing path and you both deserve love, boundaries, care, and nourishment. Wishing you all the best. And now I'm going to be sharing a listener response message and content warning. This listener response is addressing a question that we had on an earlier episode about sexual assault. So take care while listening. Kia ora. I just listened to episode 101 and I wanted to respond to a listener who was talking about the nightmares she was having about her childhood trauma having been sexually abused by her stepdad. First, I wanted to just say how sorry I am that that happened. Like Bunny said, you didn't deserve that and the way your family responded is heartbreaking as well. But when I listened to that question, it reminded me of a book I once read. I myself am the victim of sexual assault. I like to consider myself a survivor now. And I used to have really awful nightmares about the assault. It would replay in my head when I was asleep and when I was awake because I was diagnosed with PTSD. The dreams are your brain's way of trying to process the memory because when it was happening to you in the moment, you were so afraid that your brain was trying to protect you and it didn't want to file it as a memory because it doesn't want that memory. But in doing so, it ends up being a bit like a broken film where it sort of replays in your mind. And since it hasn't been processed or filed as a memory, your body doesn't know that it's a memory, so it thinks it's happening to you in that moment. And that's why you have a physical response to those dreams. Now, the book I really recommend reading is called Come As You Are. It's written by Emily Nagoski who's a sex therapist, and that book honestly saved my life when I was really at a low point in my sexual assault healing journey. The book talks about how often those of us that have vulvas, um, our bodies can respond to things that may not mentally arouse us, but that doesn't have to define who you are. And I mention this because the listener said something that sort of hinted at when they wake up from their dreams, their body has physically responded in a state of arousal. Now, this is something that's actually very common, especially for victims of childhood sexual abuse, because unfortunately, that's how you were exposed to... um, It was unconsensual sexual activity, but that's how you were exposed to that sort of act. And so your body may have a physical reaction to it, but that doesn't mean that you yourself mentally want it. There's been times in my life where I've been physically turned on, but, you know, my vulva isn't matching that or my vulva is you know, lubricated, but I'm not mentally aroused. And I really highly recommend this book, Come As You Are. She also, Emily Nagoski, has a great TED Talk on YouTube called The Truth About Unwanted Arousal that I would highly recommend listening to as well if you don't have time to read the book or perhaps you're not a book reader. It really goes into that, how the things that physically arouse us sometimes don't have to define us. And just because you're having those reactions to those dreams, it does not mean that you want those things yourself. I hope I'm making sense here. I just could really hear what you were going through because it's so similar to my experience and I really wanted to reach out to let you know about that book, Come As You Are. I cannot recommend it enough. It saved so much of my perception of myself, my relationship to sex and my sexuality. I myself am queer and I was assaulted by a cis man and that book really helped me so much. So I wanted to just come on and pass it on to you. Thank you so much, Bunny, for what you do. And I'm sending so much love and aroha to everyone listening to this, especially those who have survived a sexual abuse. So much love. Aroha nui. 
Wow. Thank you so much for your response. It is so helpful. And I love that you're sharing this book and this valuable information. And everything about that book sounds amazing. Actually, I'm going to pick up that book as well, because I definitely feel like I need to read that too. This whole concept of unwanted arousal. I mean, wow, mind blowing. And, you know, it's just so beautiful for you to share your vulnerability and feel that connection. And gosh, it, you know, I just got chills listening to your listener response because it's just so beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you are finding healing for your experience and coming out of this understanding your worth and self-acceptance and self-compassion. And it's just so beautiful, so inspiring. Thank you so much from all of my heart. And I'm sure that the person who sent in that question is extremely grateful for you too. All right, my loves, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much to all of our listeners and all of the people who are sending in their questions and just being so honest about your experiences. You're helping so many people. Everyone that listens to this podcast can relate to these questions on some level, even if they have a different experience, because we're all trying to heal ourselves. We're all trying to get through our days. We're all trying to be more loving and compassionate and improve our relationships and improve our lives and give ourselves the joy that we deserve. So we need help. We need support. We need community. We need to hear other people's experiences. And I just feel so, so blessed to be able to be part of it. So take care of yourselves this week. Remember love, compassion, acceptance, patience, especially on this healing journey patience with yourself it's not easy this stuff is not easy so don't expect yourself to always have an easy time with it don't put that pressure on yourself just take it one day at a time no take it one thought at a time literally I love you so much and so does your higher self I will see you next time bye bye